0: all right welcome into the depth chart podcast my name is freddie maggard i'm joined by nick roush in louisville on a icy wednesday or thursday rather nick uh do you guys have power how are you doing over there we
1: do we do have power luckily um because then the whole working from home thing becomes quite difficult. Uh, but we kept power; we're, we're nice and toasty. Uh, it is icy, but uh, I, I think I'm confident that it. it I don't know. May, maybe it's just me, but I think after uh, a day of getting the roads cleared off, we should be okay here. So yeah. hopefully the, the the tree branches don't get too heavy in the next few hours.
0: Yeah, we hope everybody's safe out there. I know there there's some without power, and, and uh, you know that that is that that that's, that's not good. Um, so, you know, I'd ask today that, uh, if you know folks out there, especially older folks, uh, you know, reach out, check on your people, man. I mean, see how they're doing. Uh, make sure that everybody in your circle's okay and reach out and help if you can, because we'll get through this together. And it's, uh, you know, ice storms are dangerous. I remember the mm-hmm. last one we had was just really, really bad. Uh, there you know, was-, was still, Working for the national guard and that that was uh that was a bad situation
1: that was probably what like oh, four. Oh oh nine. okay there was one a little bit older too that i remember yeah. having uh having some family members from lexington come up and uh stay you know like they were just like well well we, we got nowhere else to be so we kind of had like a party uh yeah because it was it was bad in lexington it was real bad that one
0: yeah, I mean it could be all four. My all my years run together, Nick. I mean, I, <laughs> it, it, I, I I do a terrible job of that. But yeah, we just hope everybody's safe out there, and and uh, make sure you check on your folks and, and see how they're doing. You know, I know, I know for me personally, I wish that I could check out, reach out, and check on my parents. So um, you know, do do what you can to help each other out. Um, Nick, I, I want to start this podcast uh, by talking about. Just a legendary coach, great person, and someone that impacted not only the Louisville area, but the entire state of Kentucky and Ty Scroggins got word yesterday that he had passed away after a long battle with COVID. Uh, Ty Scroggins was the head coach at Louisville Central, won five state championships there, Uh, went on his last four years of coaching were at at your alma mater, DeSales. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I got to know Coach Scroggins throughout the years, um, you know, which uh, culminated. I spent a week with him at the Border Bowl when he was on the Kentucky staff there, and got to know him. And you know, our prayers, thoughts are, are to his family, his former players, and just a just a a a hard thing to read and hear and comprehend yesterday. Uh, former Louisville University, of Louisville linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he, he was on those uh, Faraday teams, yeah. uh, won state championships in basketball, uh, mm-hmm. ju- just a great man. And I can remember watching him win his first state championship uh, in, at, at Papa John's. And I, I can remember sitting back, Nick, and watching that. And, and just one of the most heartwarming sporting events I'd ever attended uh, because you could just see the whole community rally around Central oh, and when yeah. they won. It was a celebration, and, and it it was a it was a football game that that I, I mean I've seen a million football games, but that one I remember, and it stuck out to me because I was so happy and so proud of Coach Scroggins and his team to win that state championship, and just a just a tough loss for the city of Louisville. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, Nick.
1: Well, and I think you it's really hard to overstate just the impact that he had on that community, especially, I mean, uh, let's be honest, like Central's football field, it ain't exactly in the best part of town. I think it's like 22nd Broadway or something like that. And he made that a place of refuge for a lot of kids and made it a point of pride in the community to play for Central football. And they Had some daggone good football players, and I had to tackle some of them. They were not hard, to, they were not easy to tackle either. Um, I mean, Ace Wells was a star at Western Kentucky, Ridge Wilson. We scrimmaged him once, Freddie, going into my senior season. I watched him carry seven dudes into an in end zone like five yards. I, I just like, I was like, oh, we've got this, I don't need to jump on the pile. And by the time I did, it was too late. They're already in the end zone. Uh, Mr. Cobble, yeah, who played at UK for a long time, was one of his players. Uh, I mean, yeah they 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 were really good at football that and he's a big reason why they got a real nice facility now for that football field uh five state championships but i just you can't you can't oversell what his impact on the community not only is a point of pride but getting kids in school getting them to stay in school i mean he just he he did everything he went above and beyond and the only reason why he stopped doing it is because he wanted to spend more time with his kids, and uh, that's why he was at sales the last four years. He was coaching his son Jaden, uh, and you know they were a game away from probably winning the state championship two years ago. They lost to Belfry on a two point conversion. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they great coach, great man, and it it really is uh, man. It's deflating. It really is, and I just it, I hate it, it for is. all the people out there who were close to him.
0: I do too, and and you know I I, I was. You know, I've met him several times and we talked several times over the years. And, you know, get being around him at the Border Bowl and, just, and, and in other other areas, you know, I just – man, it, he was such a dynamic man that not only influenced Louisville but influenced the entire Commonwealth of Kentucky and his impact will be felt for generations to come. And uh, I know, you know, there, there are going to be ways – that people can help his family. And I'm, I don't have any specifics on that, but I'm sure it'll be on social media. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to help. And and I encourage those that listen to this podcast, you know, when, when, when those opportunities come about that, that we help his family because uh, again, he was, he was such a great man. And uh, you know that we need to, we need to help if we can. and, And I certainly will. And, and in, in the state of Kentucky, the football community uh, is really going to miss Ty Scroggins. And uh, again, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Um, you know, Nick, Kentucky had some news here recently. Uh, one we, we, we've not gotten to talk about on the podcast is the addition of wide receiver Trayvon Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan, as a, a transfer from Michigan State, uh, he was the number one receiver in the state of Ohio. Coming out of Massillon High School, which is a tradition rich high school there in Ohio, in Ohio, obviously, which is uh, probably four- an,
1: an understatement too when you say they're yeah. tradition rich. Yeah. <laughs> and they they yeah. take their football seriously up there.
0: Yeah, uh, Oh McCall yeah. Brown. Yeah, and their stadium holds what twenty thousand people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, just just crazy football up there. Uh, he was a four star out of Massillon. Uh, like I said, the number one receiver in Ohio signs with Michigan State, and, and the thing that sticks out about Morgan to me, Nick, is he's listed on Michigan State's website at six foot six, 220 pounds. And what that screams at me is a prototypical X receiver. Now he redshirted his first year after having knee surgery at Michigan State. His second year, he he didn't play a lot. Uh, He did have a really good game against Penn State, two catches, 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, But that Kentucky receiver room needs help. Mm-hmm. and it needs help specifically at the X or outside wide receiver. Now, there's a huge difference in an X and a slot. X, is, X receivers on the outside are normally taller and bigger by stature and, and thus can influence defenses along the sideline in the middle of the field on post routes, uh, dig routes, which are 15-yard cut into the middle of the field routes. Kentucky's uh, not had that in a while. Uh, you know, Josh Ali was a, was a terrific receiver and played all over the place. But prototypically and for his future, he will be an inside receiver. He will be a slot receiver but can play outside. Having a, a, a physical presence uh, is something that Kentucky needs. Now, when, when I take that further, the Wildcats were ranked dead last in the SEC in touchdowns in the red zone, meaning every time they crossed the 20-yard line going in, they scored touchdowns on 51% of their trips inside the red zone. Uh, th- that, that wasn't good. Part of the reason for Kentucky's inefficiency within the red zone was that teams understood and knew Kentucky was going to run the football. There were, there were really no outside threats for the 50-50 balls we saw Seth Williams have against Kentucky at Auburn and other receivers. And what Morgan brings is an opportunity for 50-50 balls in the red zone on top of everything. Uh, and that that doesn't take experience. That doesn't take uh, anything else other than being 6'6", 220, and a good athlete that can get up in the air and catch the football in 50-50 ball scenarios in the end zone. I think, you know, if everything works out and he is eligible for 2021, then Kentucky has their threat in the red zone that it's been needed and it's been badly missed throughout these seasons. Thus, Kentucky did not score a lot of touchdowns inside the twenty yard line. Well,
1: and we saw what happened the few times they finally started using Keaton Upshaw. Is that throw it up to guy and yeah, it, it works swimmingly. So I think you've got to. Uh, it just shows how effective it can be to have a big guy like that and uh yeah you also go back to dorian baker too he was up and down throughout his career but when he was up it was a difference maker um and yeah. there's one thing too freddie we're gonna get a lot of mod wagner cops because there's a lot of similarities just in from a powerhouse high school in ohio big time recruit uh throw it up kind of guy the difference Ahmad wagner man he he spent two years playing basketball just not even on a football field so he had a lot more making up to do um than, than what morgan will have to once he gets to campus
0: yeah absolutely and you mentioned keaton upshaw in the red zone yes absolutely a threat however the middle of the field is way more crowded than one-on-one coverage on the outside. That that's the biggest difference mm-hmm. when we're talking about throwing it up, you know, to Keaton Upshaw or to an X receiver on the outside. Uh, you know, what, what, what game was it? Was it Vanderbilt that Kentucky had four shots in the red zone to throw it up and didn't, yeah. didn't even come close South Carolina. Yeah, It was, you know, that, that alone, uh, was traumatic enough to, to understand that hey, you know, Kentucky needs help out there, right and, right, uh, right? and and I think Trayvon Morgan could could if he's eligible. I mean, I don't know. You know, you have to look at all these new eligibility rules as far as transfers. Is he getting coming closer to home? I don't know. All that will be worked out. But uh, that that's something that Kentucky's been missing, and something that that Morgan can bring to the team uh, Automatically and instantly, and that's something you know. Like I said, it's been missing. Uh, Also, a, a transfer from Penn State quarterback Will Levis. Leave mm-hmm. us. I don't know how you say. It. Is, is it Levis or? Levis? I think
1: it's. I think it's Levis. Levis sounds like the way you would say it. Up, you know, around your parts, Freddie. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <that's true.
0: laughs> uh, Leave us Le- alone. Yeah, Levis is uh, from Madison, Connecticut. He was a three-star quarterback coming out of high school uh, from, from the Northeast. Uh, apparently, that's where Lee Cohen got to know him from. It's from the same part of the country that he was at for a while. Uh, he had two starts at Penn State, completed 59% of his passes for 644 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. But Levis was Penn State's designated running quarterback. Uh, he, he, he you know Penn state wasn't good last year and, yeah. and he did not win the starting job so I, I it took me a while you know i i did he, he transferred on friday i didn't write about it until monday because i needed to process all this because this is a lot to process bringing in a tra- you, you bring in transfer quarterbacks to play. you don't bring in transfer quarterbacks to sit. Normally. Now, sometimes that does happen. It happened Sawyer last year Smith. for Kentucky. Yeah. with Sawyer Smith. It also happened with Joey Gatewood. So mm-hmm. there are instances where transfer quarterbacks are brought in that don't start, but in general, that's, that, that's the reason they're brought in. Now, what does this mean for Kentucky quarterback room? Um, the question going into the off season for, for everyone was uh, is it going to be Bo Allen or Joey Gatewood? Who is going to separate during spring practice? And then will will the starter be named after or during spring practice? And, you know, with Levis coming in, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case because, again, you bring him in to compete. You bring him in to play. So the quarterback situation, uh, as far as naming a starter, could go way deep into fall camp now from the addition of, of Levis. And, and, you know, it's a situation that, that Levis needs to be as good as advertised because bringing in yet another transfer quarterback, which by all means is the name of the game in 2021, every, most teams are bringing in transfer quarterbacks. So uh, it, it, it it clouds the room up a little bit, but there's going to be competition. It's going to go through fall camp. And it could go all the way to the Louisiana Monroe game, uh, Nick Rouse. So I, I don't know uh, what the outcome is going to be. I'm anxious to see. I'm anxious to see Levis in the system, but I'm also anxious to see Bo Allen and Joey Gatewood in the system. All three mm-hmm. quarterbacks. You get, take take Bo Allen out of this because he was a true freshman, but Gatewood and Levis did not win starting jobs. Uh, last year over teams the head, over terry wilson and sean yeah yeah so <laughs> like clifford again, wasn't
1: good either uh, yeah
0: sean clifford at penn state so it's yeah. going to be interesting
1: well and and here's the thing freddie it's intriguing and, and I, I think if we just laid it on the table the storylines are incredible because you've got a guy who was a four-star legacy recruit from the city of lexington grew up loving kentucky you've got a former under armor all american who was the number 1 athlete in this class and you've got a guy who start who has big 10 starts and almost carried his team to a 21 point come from behind win at nebraska albeit a bad nebraska still almost did that and and so so th- that's just intriguing on the face value but and there are two big things i've got to consider going into this when trying to handicap it is one this was a Levis was handpicked by Cohen. So you would think he would have the leg up, but on the other hand, he's not arriving until summer. So he's behind And and also every one of these guys he's only seen on film right. and the perception could dramatically change once he gets to watch these guys in person. Cause like, you know, how much, how much tape Bo Allen's on three passes in a game, maybe four or five. I, I don't know exactly how many. And then in practice, He's throwing to, you know, with the third stringers for the most part, second, third string, scout team, all that sort of stuff. So to be able to judge these guys, uh, I, it's incredibly difficult on in film. And I think however we handicap it now will be different on uh, August 15th, whenever all three are in there and he's working with all of them individually.
0: You know, you, you absolutely correct, Nick. And, and I, would, I would go even further than that. I would take the Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen tape from 2020 and toss it in the trash because, now again, too. <laughs> the, the, the passing game was, was not good. The system that, that they were throwing in was not – it was cluttered. It never looked easy to complete a pass. I don't think Kentucky's passing game was quarterback-friendly Uh, in 2020 so you can take the the Joey Gatewood opinions you can take the Joey Gatewood evaluations on any games that he played in same with Bo Adam throw them in the trash wipe a clean slate and and I think the competition begins now Uh, because Kentucky's in in their winter workout phase of the year-round training cycle uh, which is heavy on system install so they're learning the offense they're going through workouts leading up to spring practice so, again, I, I don't think we can judge Joey Gaywood, Bo Allen, based on 2020 at all. Practice film or game film? I mean, I, I just don't. One, because the receivers at times struggled to separate. Right. Um, the route system, the, the passing game was cluttered. Just put mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah. It, it, it was not a quarterback-friendly system. So, throw that away the competition between Allen and Gatewood starts now and runs through spring practice and having the the advantage of going through a spring practice. I can tell you this as as a former quarterback is tremendous Uh, because for me, going from system to system, it took a spring practice for me to go from, okay, this is what they call it now, but this is what we used to call it. So in my mind, I'm going to execute this play like, Play that we used to run, but just using a new name, and it takes a spring practice to get that out of your mind Mm -hmm. so you can totally focus in on okay, uh, you know, 7 1 is a sweep where it used to be 49. So I go to the line of scrimmage, I'm thinking 49, but it's actually 7 1. I mean, you know, there's so many things that you have to unlearn in order to learn as a quarterback that I think Bo Allen, Joey Gable gets the advantage on that and, and then going into summer workouts and then fall camp so I think Levis will be behind due, due to that fact uh but if if Cohen brought him into play then I think I certainly think he is going to get his fair look his fair shake during fall camp
1: right right I, I'm, I'm with you Freddie and you know that's the thing that makes this like I uh, makes me really wish that this was a normal year so like you know they'd let the media in watch a couple of practices here and there but uh spring practices i i'm i'm looking forward to them releasing videos from spring practice and dissecting every single throw by the quarterback because you know that's inevitable it's gonna happen
0: oh yeah it's gonna happen i mean everything is 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 braided charted you know by the coaches internally and and you know it looks different, okay? I can tell you this from being inside the quarterback room. You may see an incompletion or a throwaway from a quarterback. Now, that's going to that's count against his stats, right? Mm-hmm. But in the quarterback coach offensive coordinator grading system, a throwaway is a non-play. So that doesn't factor into your completion percentage. If the pass is where it's supposed to be and a receiver is not, that is not counted as an incompletion towards your completion percentage, if if that makes any sense whatsoever. So the way that coaches evaluate quarterbacks is much different than the way fans do. And a practical application for that uh, was uh, Gavin Wimsett in the state championship game.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: He, he made throws that you, that you can't teach in that game. Now, his completion percentage was not high because the throws, in my opinion, after watching and calling the game from the press box, were exactly where they needed to be. But the Owensboro receivers did not make the play to make the catch. Well, so to put and, it and in, in even difference.
1: easier terms, Freddie, uh, I, have, I think most of us have seen that picture of Patrick Mahomes parallel to the ground throwing a football. Uh, yeah. That's a heck of a football pass. He, yeah. How many times did he... He hit Travis Kelsey in the hands on a third and long. He hit Tyreek Hill on the hands, in the face on a touchdown, what would have been a touchdown. So, like, those count against his completion, but doesn't mean it was a bad throw.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, the way quarterbacks are evaluated is, is different than the way we evaluate quarterbacks. So, uh, that's something else to think forward, too. So, uh, I think you segue right into our next segment. Nick is the Super Bowl. We, we've not talked since then. Tampa Bay wins and wins big over Kansas City. Um, I didn't see that coming. I thought – you know, but, but again, I, I'm a casual fan of the NFL. I'm not a – you know, I'm not deep into it. I didn't know that Kansas City's two starting tackles were out. I was yeah. just looking forward to watching the game. Uh-huh. So, you factor you factor in that, that Tampa Bay defense with a pass rush, man – and with two starting tackles out of the game for Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a chance. Plus, his receivers didn't help him at all. So, uh, Tom Brady. I mean, well, what else? What and, else can you say? I mean, he's, that, he's the greatest.
1: That's the thing too. It's like, do you bet again? Who are you taking, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? I mean, you're splitting hairs here. And the way that the Chiefs had played, the 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 Bucs showed us that, like, if you get hot at the right time and things come yeah. together at the right time, then you're fine. I mean, they struggled throughout the season. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of it's because they brought in a lot of different pieces. Uh, but they started clicking when they needed to, even after kind of struggling with the Bears. Like, they just didn't – they weren't at their best. They were playing their best football at the right time. And that's where that experience with Brady, man. I mean, when you've been to two, 10 Super Bowls, you know how to get dudes ready to play.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, talking about what Brady beat, uh, Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes. Brady didn't beat those guys. That Tampa Bay defense did. Man, you know? they were great. Brady, Brady played good on his side, but Tom Brady didn't make a tackle uh, in in any of those games. That That Tampa Bay defense was really, really good.
1: They don't and, make dudes uh, like Devin White, Freddie. No, That's Devin
0: just, White, you know, I love the the picture of him riding the horse with the Super Bowl trophy. Uh, but but <laughs> he he is just a stud. And then in Dominican Sue, Jason Paul Pierre, I mean uh, Mike Edwards. I mean, you, you just name it. That defense was stacked and Tampa Bay peaked at the right time and and and, and won the Super Bowl. You know, in my opinion, Tom Brady is the greatest. Sports team player of all time. Now I know a lot of people say, "Well, Tiger Woods or uh, Serena Williams; th- those are individual sports." I'm talking about team sports. Yeah. Tom Tom Brady's the, is is the greatest, in my opinion, because you can buy an NBA championship. You yeah. can buy you can buy a Major League Baseball championship, but the way that the NFL is structured for parity, you can't buy an NFL championship or a super bowl championship and, and, and all leagues are structured evenly and tom brady f- found a way to win win six in new england and then win one in, in tampa bay so far and, and i'm not so sure that thing ain't going to keep going to be right, quite honest right, with you right. so and like yeah, to compare yeah. it
1: to like jordan or something he had six and eight years the, very impressive but seven over 20 yeah. Like it's over twenty years. Yeah. In in as yeah. many AFC Championship games he's been in, too. Like it's not like he's they've ever dropped off really. So uh, now, granted, yeah. some things go his way. Like, come on, let's be yeah. honest. That uh that hold on the interception, like, come on, it was as takey tack as it gets. But hey, that's Tom Brady though.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> because I th- I think football is the ultimate team sport. It takes so many more uh people to do their right, jobs right. than than the other sports so you, yeah like mj that, that, can go
1: one-on-one brady needs to have dudes blocking he needs to have receivers right. running routes catching. like it, yeah. it takes a lot more to be successful in football than it does basketball and that yeah. that's evident just look at rebuilds like it took stoops a good four or five years to really get the thing humming uh cal has to bring in three guys and all of a sudden boom back in yeah. uh, the day you know
0: exactly so different different sports yeah, and then you know, in today's NFL, for him to do that is, you know, it's unbelievable to me. I mean, and I'm a, I'm a Jordan guy. You know, I, I'm I'm you know I know there's a lot of man. Yeah, I'm I'm a Jordan guy. So you know, to say he's to put him ahead of Jordan is is something for me, and and I do. I mean, I, I just I, I what I've seen from Tom Brady is is spectacular, and I think he is the greatest. Is he the greatest individual quarterback? I don't know. That's arguable. But as far as the greatest team sport player of all time, in my opinion, hands down, is Tom Brady. Mm. And 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 the Tampa Bay celebration yesterday was something to see. They held it on boats. And uh, Mike has got some good footage of that. So uh, I'm happy, extremely happy for Mike to get that Super Bowl win. Uh, Had a big play, too. And, Had a huge play, a pass deflection that ended up in a, in a, with an interception. And and that was great to see him factor. uh, And and he played a lot and and played well in the Super Bowl. He,
1: he also that, um, he was made for that. Like, like Stoops' system really prepared him well for that, playing zone and kind of sitting back and letting him, uh, you know, react, just putting him in a good position, letting him react. But man, I never thought the Chiefs, could be stopped but that it really was the the perfect recipe where you got great four down pass rusher, uh, rushers against a, uh injured offensive line and then guys like devin white who can run all over the place and cover up you know travis yeah. kelsey so who would have thought yeah. gronk would be outdoing travis kelsey uh this many years down the road
0: yeah and i'm glad we got super bowl with tony romo could call it because i think he's the best at what he does uh, love love listening to him break down the game
1: oh who's your favorite NFL crew uh
0: Romo and whoever's with him
1: <laughs> oh it's just okay see I prefer Aikman and Joe Buck because I really like Joe Joe Buck has a good big game voice uh and Al Michaels I mean he he's probably he, he's you know one of the greatest to ever do it Collinsworth though just hey you know I know he's yeah he, he just a little, a little smug for me
0: yeah I, I really like the the Joe Buck Troy Aikman combo I think they do a great job but and but but for me personally I, I prefer Romo uh I love how he casually breaks down the game and 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 describes it in a, in a manner you know you, you know that, that I can understand and I like that <laughs> right yeah so uh, Tampa bay super Bowl champions uh, and this this could be the first of a few for those uh, buccaneer fans out there and you know if it is then tom brady's legacy is extended every time the football snapped and and i'm happy for those Tampa bay fans which uh you know have waited a long time for this you know, they got the one other super Bowl win a while back but have suffered many years. Uh, as far as a franchise and and i'm happy mark ennis uh, i know is a big tampa bay fan and some other folks so i'm happy for those people as well definitely definitely uk uh, uh hired a new uh quality control offensive coach uh, mm-hmm. Wood, scott woodward correct uh, so uh he was uh leon cohen's backup for four years love uh, it. what yeah what 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 it mean, it. what it means for me is 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 it's, it tells me a couple of things that, that Mark Stoops is granting Cohen the latitude to be comfortable in Lexington with, with his folks. And I think, you know, the hiring of, 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 a new running, running backs coach, I think will be heavily uh, influenced by Lee and Cohen and, uh, but bringing in Wilbur as a, uh, as a quality control assistant, what that means to me is, is you familiarity brings comfort. So there's a lot. Yes. There's going to be a lot of new for Lee and Cohen in the Joe Craft Football Training Center. Personnel are new, system install are new. Uh, the city of Lexington is new. I mean, he he probably doesn't even know how to navigate New Circle Road yet. So oh,
1: just imagine what he's going to do when he gets to Harrodsburg and New Circle, and they got that yeah. wonky little yeah uh, interchange. Like, come on, yeah, that, that's that, yeah. that's nowhere else in the world. So.
0: Yeah, I, I will drive all the way to Nicholsfield and come back rather than go on that Harrisburg Road interchange. <laughs> it freaks me out. Uh but again, familiarity brings comfort. I think that that is something that is a positive for Cohen going into because you know, install is, is going to be uh is gonna be a very important part of this offseason and how well, you and- break that down down. Terminology, motions, formations, how you know, these quarterbacks, Gaywood and Allen are going to have to learn how to huddle. I mean, that may sound simple, but it's not. I mean, getting in the huddle, call a play that's not arm signaled in from the sideline is a different part of the mechanism of an offense that these two quarterbacks haven't done since they've been at Kentucky.
1: Yeah, and and as far as familiarity goes, Freddie, like, I don't – Vince Marrow is the tight ends coach, but we all know he does so much more than that. I mean, I'm right. sure Mark Stoops is bouncing ideas off him all the time. Uh, w- with my cousins, Jeff Brom's the head coach. I think Greg is technically director of football ops, but like d- Greg isn't just like scheduling the team meals, you know? There, there's more to that. And I think in Woodward's case, not only in this role, will he be able to, to look at stuff on film and be able to talk about, up, you know, as far as future opponents and their own self scouting but correct me if i'm wrong freddie but can't can't uh quality control guys be in the booth for games
0: uh they can but there are regulations and and rules in place of only so many coaches are allowed to have headsets on during a game
1: gotcha gotcha
0: not not every coach or not every person on the staff can uh, one because there aren't enough headsets in production being made right now for the alabama staff to have headsets for every one of them but two uh, that 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 keeps that lessens the game day operations and helps regulate the 10 coach limit by the ncaa for staffs so uh yeah there's only a limited number that can have headsets and uh that, that's but they can they can evaluate they can break down film they can do all well, that. And, off and even field.
1: if he doesn't have a headset on his head, he can tell the guy, you know, like next to him, like, here's what we're seeing kind of deal, or go down to the locker room at halftime and say, I think this play might work the way they're playing this around. So just having that that extra set of eyes that you can trust, um, you know, that that should pay dividends down the road.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The more familiarity, the better for Lean Cohen. Mm-hmm. Uh last thing, Nick, uh, I tweeted that uh it's a gut punch to the soul that the, no more football until September after the Super Bowl. Now what I meant by that was no sec games and no NFL games. Yeah. I realize, and I understand and appreciate, and are going to, and going to watch NAIA, FCS, HBCU, all, all the football that, that's going to be ready to start up. I'm going to watch, appreciate, follow as much as anybody. But that tweet was saying that there's no SEC games or no NFL games, and by no means did I mean to take away the importance of games that are coming up. So I just wanted to clarify yeah, that.
1: I mean, they won't not all of them be on TV. You know, it's, right. it's little, It'll be different. Um, it'll be different.
0: But I'm looking forward to watching uh, Deion Sanders' team play. I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to watching North Dakota State play because I'm a big fan of that program of the Bison. And, we got and any?
1: Kentucky schools playing, uh, you know, I don't he, know. I, I, I think EKU and I, I know they played some in the fall, but I think they still got some games.
0: You know, I have to check into that. And if mm-hmm. so, then I'm going to, I'm surely going to go to Richmond to watch if I can. Uh, and I don't know about Dean hood's team down at Murray state, what, what, right. what they're doing. So, uh, that, that'd be something that I got to look into. I know Georgetown's playing, uh, union playing Cumberland's are playing Lindsey Wilson, all these, all these schools are playing. And uh, those are great for the Commonwealth for people uh, to go out and play. I know center's playing as well. So it's good for football to be in this time of the year because there's no other football mm-hmm. and I am absolutely going to follow that. And, and and if I can in person, go to a few games. So uh, I'm excited about that.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm also excited that we got another coaching search, another one, uh, <laughs> Did Another, we, yeah. So uh I don't think anybody saw Jamal Singleton just pulling in and then pulling right back out of town, but you know it happens.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, to get the assistant head coach, coach coaching job uh, at Philadelphia for the Eagles, I mean that that's something that in that career path that you can't turn down. And although he was only here for a month, uh, I don't think. I mean, it's, uh, signing days coming, going, both of them. The mm-hmm. transfer portal will never shut down. However, it's slowing down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, really, not a uh, an impact on Kentucky other than, you know, it would be good to have him right. uh, in Lexington. But listen, with Chris Rodriguez Jr. in that room, running back room, hiring for that role is not going to be difficult. There are going to yeah. be coaches that want Chris Rodriguez on their resume. You know, co- coaches. Coaching is just like any other business that 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 you that you're in. If there's an accomplishment under your watch, you get credit for that. No matter, yep. no matter if you if you were there from the beginning or you got there to end, at the end, it goes on your resume. So there are going to be coaches that that want the Kentucky running back position, uh, coaching position, due to the fact that hey, okay, three years from now, you can, when you're going for your next job, it can read. Coach Chris Rodriguez, uh, that that means something to these guys. So mm-hmm. I think Kentucky's going to get a lot, have a lot of high level candidates for that position, and it will be interesting to see how it works out. Uh, I know uh, that John Sumrall and Vince Merrill are the two coaches. Vince especially is 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 out of this world recruiting. John Sumrall's done a great job, but they're they need some help in that arena. And uh, so I think I think the running back coach is is going to be somebody that Cohen is familiar with, that can also uh, recruit, and we'll yeah. see how that goes.
1: I did, uh, I did, not you know these are just the kind of whispers around Freddie. So yeah. you know, I, I've but I've heard some whispers about somebody who's won some a lot of Big Twelve championships. I think a national championship or two. And,
0: and who might that be? Nick uh, Rush?
1: Uh, a guy by the name of Jay Buller. Who? Oh, yeah. Spent some time with old Bob Stoops at Oklahoma, so he's got yeah. a pretty impressive, lengthy resume. He's coached special teams and running back, so he checks a lot of boxes. I would just keep my head on a swivel for that name if I was if I was looking out for. You know. Well, just- well that
0: that that's great information. Yeah. A- a- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep your head on a swivel for folks. Yeah, and again, he would check every block that, that Kentucky would be looking for. So, uh, just keep your eyes on on and ears open for that name as we go deep into this search. Yep. Uh, right, right now the team is 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 all in on winter workouts, mm-hmm. and which for players that can gain season,
1: it. man, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, this is when this is when this is the time of year. That you see strides in weight gain and weight loss, right? Uh, because you're not you're not you're not worried or focused on spring practice yet. There are no games, so the only thing that you have to do is is work out. Uh, so right now is when strength gains are are made as far and, and also weight gains, weight losses, etc. And something to keep my interest during this time is is Justice Dingle. Where is he right now as far as height, weight? Uh, Again, because if you see the weight go down a little bit, I think you're going to see him at that jack defensive end, uh, outside linebacker role that Boogie Watson uh, has just departed to go to the NFL that Josh Allen played, uh, that Bud Dupree played. Um, If his weight is, is 280 or so, I think you're going to see him I mean, I mean, you get another Josh Pascal is what you get there. So that, that's a player to, to keep your eyes on during this, uh, winter workout season.
1: Man, um, I'm just glad I'm not with them. I'm doing hard enough. Just getting on the exercise bike.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't need yeah, no kids. all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm the same way. So yeah, their, their workout regimen is a little bit uh, tougher than, than my four. <laughs> walk walk. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. How are you going to walk in the ice? Freddie.
0: Well, you know, I'm not today. I, that's – I got to take the day off, so it's, that's not mm. good. I could I could walk in place for about six hours, but I don't think that – you know, I have the patience for that, so do that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah I do some, <laughs> updates, do some, do some gra- grass drills in my house, but, you know, mm. I, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. Um, Nick, I hope everybody stays safe, man. This is yep. – uh, ice, ice Storm is, is no joke. It's dangerous. And, again, like we talked about as we started out this podcast – check on your people, check on your circle. Uh, that's all we can do and make sure everybody's all right. If somebody needs something, then, then do your best to try to help them because, uh, we all need to work together during this time and, and, uh, everybody, hope everybody stays safe out there. Uh, I know I won't be getting on the roads today. I did my Kroger thing yesterday. It was a little bit crazy at the Versailles, sure program, was, my yeah. favorite place. Uh, but I went in and, and got everything I needed and I hope you and yours are safe in Louisville, Nick. And, uh, again, uh, our deepest thoughts and prayers go out to the Scroggins family for coach Scroggins. Uh, you're going to see some things probably on social media on ways to help his family. Uh, please do so. If, if that is, that is something that, that comes to fruition. Uh, Just we lost a great one in Coach Croggins. So Mm -hmm. thank you for listening. Um, Stay safe out there. And until next time.